GM fam, and welcome to the Leviathan live stream. We're joined, as always, by our, our intrepid host, Sam. Guys, hey, Sam, and Sam switching off the mic. <laughs> All right, no, uh, no luck from Sam in this gorgeous new setup. He's got a treadmill desk, and it looks as if it's cutting out some of his uh, internet. So. We don't know if the treadmill's powering the internet or somehow disrupting the internet, uh, but it's fine. We're joined by the inestimable Amadeo Brands and DeFi <laughs> Advisor. Sirs, how are you today? Good, sir. Amazing, Good. amazing. Good to see you, Dale. I'm actually getting very bullish on, uh, on DeFi. Uh, it, it feels... Uh, it, it, I, I, I get more motivated. I feel more motivation than before. Yeah, I also uh, I, I don't have know this why. weird sense it, that, that nice. the, you know, I'm not good at calling the top and the bottom. I can definitely call not the top and not the bottom. And I can say definitively, this is not the top. So I got a sense you might be closer to the bottom. Uh, Sam, welcome back. Why don't you guide us through today's news stories and our new bullish uh, bullish sentiment. So taking a look at the Leviathan News website, which you can always access to find the current price of Ethereum, gas price, and the top stories as voted on by you, all of our fine readers. Uh, the hottest story you're buzzing about right now is Ave has unveiled a new debt switch as well as a new withdraw and switch feature. And this is kind of accompanying a number of different protocols that are releasing some brand new features. Uh, MetaMask is also... Interesting, a very uh, deploying a very interestingly timed service, which is the ability to kind of like instantly sell and cash out absolutely everything into uh, fiat. So, DeFi Advisor, as well as Dale Brands, any thoughts on kind of these new services, what it spells for DeFi, and what it means for the landscape? Yeah, definitely. Go I, ahead. I look into the sell function, but you can also buy with it, you can buy and sell, but I don't know why it's called sell because. You can also buy with it, as far as I saw. So it's a bit weird why they would take. There's no buyers. I think because uh, sell. because the first time they offer no buyers, uh, like uh, an actual off ramp, you know. So I think it's a huge deal uh, out of MetaMask, and uh, honestly, very exciting to see uh, how ma how many people are going to use it. I don't really understand uh, yet uh, what exactly it's going to cost but actually to be able to immediately off ramp uh, money from. Uh, your uh, MetaMask into your bank account. I'm uh, very curious about it, and I think it's going to be a very uh, like a, a big changer out of uh, MetaMask. To be honest, yeah, I know a lot of people are concerned that the about the concept of like MetaMask uh, offering this and kind of moving over to like a full KYC service. Are either you concerned about that, or is that just kind of the name of the game? I'm not really concerned about the. It, it's getting it's getting close, but there's a lot of cracks still open. So yeah, they can try to do the KYC thing, just like AVR or other things. Try to do a KYC DeFi things, uh, but I think these there's there will always be uh, pure DeFi. I, I I'm not really worried about it, but uh, we do need to keep speaking out that it's uh, <clears throat> it's better if you use fiat on off ramps. It's like. Uh, it's like a toilet, right? So you just get in, get out, and then uh, get into DeFi. I mean, yeah, that's what MetaMask offers. So that's good. Uh, but I, I think the fees will be really high. So I think it's still better to go via Kraken or, yeah, OTC or whatever, right? Uh, but, uh, yeah, MetaMask is definitely a good option. 
What's up, guys? Back yeah. again. We're having connection issues, so if I drop out, well, it looks like I'm going to drop out. Let's see. What are your thoughts yeah. on uh, the MetaMask story, uh, Sam, if you can hear us? Because honestly, I think it's, uh, like I said earlier, you know, uh, and to regarding to your uh, question, uh, Garrett, about the KYC, I don't think there's, uh, like, there's no actual onboarding of true capital and a lot of users, like, there's no mass adoption, as uh, we like to say uh, so many times, without having uh, all these instruments, uh, you know, like, transparent and that uh, regulators want, uh, like, this is not like a, a thousand years from now in a post-state uh, reality that uh, may or may not uh, occur. This is uh, our life and you know states are here and they will do everything in their power uh, to stay and uh, it's not going to be like uh, some people I think imagine like you know the the decentralized apocalypse uh, in a way that I think uh, many people uh, desire maybe you can even say. Uh, I, I just think that honestly that's the way that the game is actually going to change. If normal people can say, ah, okay, this meta, this uh, MetaMask thing and wallet stuff that you guys talk about, I can simply press a button and it's going to be in my bank account, which is something that they actually understand. I think it's going to be a much uh, bigger deal than uh, many people think because there are so many like bottlenecks at the moment that uh, really prevent most people from using uh, crypto in any any way shape or form and once and even if they, they do they do it on centralized uh, platforms you know yeah it seems abundantly clear to me that the institutions of course aren't going to be coming unless there's like very clear like kyc on ramps uh you know those are going to be completely above the board and everything and then it seems like sort of similar to like the napster file sharing revolution like even though the big institutions might not partner with uh napster kazaa limewire uh, there's always going to be like some weird kind of dark DeFi capabilities where people can kind of engage and interact without KYC. Um, and, you know, a lot of the narrative is that like the next onboarding of capital is not going to be from retail. It's going to be from institutions. Uh, do you guys agree with that assessment? Yeah. Uh, basically, yeah, and I also think that, you know, once institutions start uh, trusting, giving their trust to the system, a lot of people that I know, like, you know, normies, uh, normal people, uh, the, the only time that they're going to actually have any confidence uh, in the system is once they learn that the institutions themselves trust uh, these uh, services, because they trust the institutions uh, far more than they trust uh, or care about any kind of uh, the technology behind them. You know, they just want the name. They're going. They, they want to know that. Ah, okay. PayPal is using it. Ah, okay. Visa is using it. Uh, Swift is using it. Ah, okay. It's probably okay. Uh, it's good enough for me, and I can use it as well. Yeah, perhaps the counterpoint to that would be that no one mm. is yet minting PayPal USD, PYUSD. <laughs> how do you mint that? You need to go to their app or something, right? Or how, how does that even work? I don't think anybody I tried. To be honest. <laughs> It's supposed to be going up on Coinbase at I some point. I think this paper. Yeah, but how do you mint it? It goes up on Coinbase. Uh, how do you mint it? <laughs> I don't actually know. But taking a look at the holders on Etherscan, 80% uh, or 78% of all the PYUSD is at one address, which is probably a exchange address. 10% is sitting at Paxos. So close to 90% of all the PYUSD of this 45 million or 44 million that's been minted is sitting in two addresses. 
Yeah, about 38 million of it. And then another 2 million is sitting in uh, another exchange address, crypto.com, Coinbase. So I don't think it's really seen widespread usage yet. Yeah, so uh, not really, coming... uh, useful yet, but I'm pretty sure that uh, people are going to find some ways to, uh, like, you know, get it done. Maybe in some stuff that they do behind the scenes with uh, different uh, transfers. And also, I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, they're in it for the very long uh, process. The, like, this is not something that uh, can be implemented at, uh, you know, one or two months of a bear market, which uh, in which no one cares about crypto, basically, except... Uh, the four, the four of us and uh, the few dozens of uh, viewers that uh, we have, you know. So uh, I kind of think that uh, in the long run, I think that exactly the fact that these institutions are going to start uh, adopting and accepting a lot of these uh, new services and technologies, that's going to create a lot of uh, trust from people who basically don't know about crypto, don't care about crypto. They just they they will only use it after they will see uh, a signature of uh, of entities that they respect, and maybe not all of us respect at this to the same level. Yeah, well, I think that the thing about the the PayPal situation is that most people don't know how to mint it because it's probably not enabled through the website or the app yet, or at least in in a clear manner. Uh, I don't know if you guys have tried to talk. Go and Go and mint it yet but you would think that like if they were doing full release and marketing and trying to get people into this product you would be seeing like articles everywhere videos uh influencers would be talking about it uh there'd be like farms or i i who really knows exactly. right like you know 90 percent of all the funds are in exchange addresses so that means that like from paypal's side they're not really doing anything at the moment and I actually am I'm yeah. quite more also hopeful for pure DeFi stuff. Like a friend of mine who was, I'm trying to get into DeFi for a long time. He got into like, and then of course got uh, burned and got out in the, uh, like some time ago. And now he's uh, during dinner. I had a dinner with him just now. And he was like, uh, oh, uh, I'm thinking about going back into to crypto. And what do you think? And blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if this is another top sign or that's maybe a sign of people wanting to get back into DeFi because they kind of understand more like, oh, I control my own keys and I can control my own assets. And then I want to use protocols like Curve or like uh, Frax, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I do see a little bit more adoption there as well. Hopefully. Yeah. Like, like Pim says, like PayPal doesn't really move that fast. It's taken them several years to get this done. And, you know, in crypto, we expect that product timeline should be just like quick, 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 just get it out figure about worry about the uh the legality and results later <laughs> uh but remember they're like a multi-billion dollar public company which has you know regulators probably breathing down their back and uh they have an established payments business where you know the stable coins is something experimental for them it's not it's not anything that would uh i mean they could kill it tomorrow and and their same business would stay the same so there's no point for them to to rush this. Yeah, I would slightly dispute the contention that PayPal's not in a hurry to grow. I'm sure their investors uh, would not be happy to hear that PayPal's not in a hurry to grow. I think they are in a hurry to grow. It's just that at their colossal scale, this is what hurrying looks like, right? Like a quarter. Well, I mean, I mean, hurrying to grow in a in a market which is a gray, somewhat gray market on the edge of what is legal, right? Like right. growing in this those is, areas. This is what. 
Yeah, this is what hurrying looks like at the colossal scale of a behemoth like PayPal tiptoeing into the waters. So they're moving exactly. relatively fast by TradFi standards. Exactly. Yeah. Um, sorry, I missed you guys. My my internet was bugging out a little earlier. Uh, we I, I, we talked about the PayPal. The, What's your thoughts on the on the MetaMask stuff? We start. We started talking about MetaMask. What are your thoughts uh, about the new cell uh, feature? How do you see it? I mean, I think that's what we're getting towards, right? Like everything's being abstracted away. And the end goal for all of this is just to have the ability to have these like tokens flow from your address to your bank account seamlessly. Like who needs an exchange that you go log into? Just give me an address that I can ship money off to. Or even have like an app that'll one-click sell things for me, and then money appears magically in my in my wallet somewhere. I would say that like the competitive competitiveness of fees uh, is probably up for grabs, and I, I hope that somebody's able to essentially like make it free at some point. Like especially for USDC, I would love to see if if Coinbase or somebody else came out and like said, "Hey, we're gonna have." You don't even have to use our exchange anymore. You, we're just going to give you an address and you can transfer USDC back and forth between your, your bank account and your crypto account. Uh, no, no 2FA to log in, no having to like open up a website. You can just be fully online or, or send a, uh, like a, even ACH off right somewhere and it just magically appears in your wallet. I will say it was a stroke of brilliance putting the word MetaMask into the title. The engagement on our tweet is through the roof with the number of helpful scammers. Oh, really? Help us. <laughs> oh, speaking speaking of helpful people, uh, <laughs> it's uh, Dante came out and has been talking about the very helpful people on Twitter that have been just in everybody's replies talking about airdrops. Free NFTs. What else is there? Yes, uh, notifications on Twitter are uh, so useful these days. Yeah, I have a couple of theories on this. Actually, if you look at the 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 economics behind what these scammers have to do, they actually have to pay quite a lot of money to be able to continue these bot airdrop scams. I think I saw it online somewhere that the minimum amount that they have to pay monthly is five grand to run these these scams and so this bolsters the the bottom line of twitter so twitter is like on the edge of saying oh hey we can ban all, we could probably ban all these scammers overnight because they they probably have the technology and it, it's probably not hard to find you know the people that are just like reposting this everywhere and and nuke them but then a good portion of the revenue would go yeah, but I something... think they also probably don't particularly care about our little corner of Twitter. They probably, I <laughs> imagine, come under some fire for allowing us to remain on the platform. So this is kind of a win-win. Like crypto Twitter and now crypto X becomes useless and impossible to navigate, and they make money off it. So Banteg came out, and he's been like <clears throat> trying to like wage war against these guys for a couple of days. And so he has made a arc boost that goes through the tedious process of reporting the scammers. So you can see it's a one-click thing that like rolls through all the eight different clicks that you have to have. And he's put it up on GitHub where anybody can come now and use this code uh, to report spam on Twitter. And essentially just rolls through exactly what he just did there. I love Fight it. bots with bots. I'm going to use it. 
<laughs> that being said, I think the solution is we need to migrate to a native crypto platform. Like I'd had high hopes for Lens. Um, it doesn't seem like Lens is kind of uh, you know picking up the sword. Um, but someone is going to like figure out how to like capture like the frustration of our community with X and be able to get users onto some kind of new social platform. And I hope it's built by you, our Leviathan audience. <laughs> what if you, okay, so the Bitcoin lightning people would always say, or Bitcoin people would always say that just make a Twitter version enabled by Bitcoin lightning where you have to pay like one sat for every tweet that you send out. So, you know, like less than a pity. And if you want to spam, like it's nothing, it's nothing if you want to, you know, send out a hundred tweets, right? That's a hundred sats. It's, it's nothing. But if you want to send out like tens of thousands, then it starts to become expensive and, and botting really doesn't make sense anymore. Like you, there has to be a, a, a price that is cheap enough that people could, you know, pay 50 cents a month, right? For normal users who post maybe not even that, like five cents or 10 cents or something. But the people that are posting thousands of times every single minute with these bot accounts, uh, there's got to be a way to, like to a rein them in. It's like a postage stamp, right? Like it doesn't cost you that much to send a letter. Uh, but then the flip side of that is like, if you look at the mail, it's 90% junk mail. So I think even that in true. that system, you're going to see kind of um, informational extractable value kind of reaches some sort of equilibrium. So the opposite of that is friend tech, where you're paying the highest price that the last person has paid along the bonding curve to get into somebody's DMs. I'm so bullish on friend tech. So. Yeah, I'm still bullish on friend tech. Uh, I've seen, did you see MetaKeys? So MetaKeys is I did. A, I, ho I, I hold two MetaKeys. <laughs> good. I was thinking about minting one. So MetaKeys is a Frentech aggregator where they go out and they essentially crowdfund purchases of people's keys. And then in Discord, you can like look to see what's in their channel. So uh, for all those, you know, nerdy guys and lovely ladies, uh, you can get access to their, uh, their like friend tech channels. Yeah, and also it's not going to be like uh, talked about at first uh, with mostly NSFW content. They're more into <laughs> alpha accounts, I think, from what I saw in the recent days, to be honest. Yeah. So it's... Uh... You get access. You get access to the Discord, and uh, you can uh, like see a lot of content uh, within the Discord it's itself. Once you uh, approve that you actually uh, hold a uh, meta key, and of course, guys, uh, do your own research, not financial advice, etc. So the keys are also almost minted out. You pay 0.1 ETH to mint these things, which at the moment is about 160 bucks, and maybe that's cheaper than buying like the keys that you want on Frentech, I guess that's the argument. Uh, I wonder how many... Exactly. Yeah, how many How many actual rooms do they, or like keys do they give access to? Yeah, I don't know for sure, but they're uh, like, uh, they're deciding and buying uh, some new keys uh, like uh, every few days from what I saw. I wasn't uh, that active uh, within the Discord, but I did see some uh, pop-up uh, messages. And uh, like I said, they're, uh, they're starting to follow all kinds of uh, alpha accounts. <laughs> I don't really understand kind of... what that does. Could you explain? I, I, I don't understand that concept. Yeah, it aggregates uh, content from... Uh, 
פרנטק, and actually presents it within the Discord that belongs to Mexicans. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, so like the DAO, just think of it as like an investment DAO that goes out and buys all the keys and then they kind of like aggregate them and those keys give access to whatever people are saying on Frintech. So you don't actually have to buy the individual keys to get access to like Kobe's chat or Razor's chat or like some other people's chats. You can just go to MetaKeys and get one-time access and then you're in the group. I don't know if DeFi Advisor, do they have... writing can you actually use the meta keys to write in the groups or how does it work or is it just read only um the, the channels within the discord uh, are uh, open you know you, you, you can express your opinion you can write about stuff uh, people are discussing like uh, which uh, new uh, like accounts uh, to buy their keys on uh, friend tech and whatever like the, the there is an engaged community over there to be honest yeah well Go check it out see what it's like meant to pass okay let's talk about rollbit which has been the darling of this quarter they've become the first european betting partner of ssc napoli from the italian football league in the syria ah uh, that's pretty cool that they're adding sponsorships this means that they must be making money hand over fist right now well we already knew that actually but Uh, Rollbit has been crushing yeah, it. Yeah, probably. And also, guys, I don't... I don't, I don't, I don't know uh, how much you uh, are familiar with... Uh... Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. Napoli is huge. Like, yeah. I don't know how familiar you guys are with uh, European uh, football, but uh, Napoli is an elite club. This is not like, a, you know, some sponsorship with a small club. This is a club in Europe that uh, if you follow European uh, football, so, uh, what Americans call uh, soccer, uh, Napoli is huge. It's going to bring a lot of exposure to uh, Rollbit, and it's going to be very interesting uh, to see. I was very excited about this news. I don't know uh, how many of you know that, but a decade ago, what I used to do for a few years was to actually analyze uh, soccer games. Uh, I used to watch a 90 minutes uh, game for like uh, 16 hours uh, transferring it, uh, like transforming it into data in a specific uh, method that uh, the organization in which I uh, was working at uh, had back then so I, I do think uh, this is actually great news uh, for uh, crypto in my opinion also because no. I think that uh, just like we it Just like we talked uh, earlier about uh, like uh, mass adoption and what can really onboard a lot of people, retail can be onboarded with uh, this kind of stuff. And uh, so no, many people watch this news. kind of stuff. You see that? It's as news. Why? This is horrible. Why? News. Why do you see that? Because that? every single local top has been marked by a crypto company buying a sports team or like putting money in a stadium. No, that's so not true. I mean, like, look, react. it's just there's, <laughs> this, there's many other ones. Top side. Like, Sell it all. Okay. Use the MetaMask yeah. and sell it all. <laughs> I think like OKX has done really well with their F1 sponsorships. They've also sponsored Man City as well, too. Uh, it, it's out there. Yeah. 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 Just to, uh, like, very exciting. Tomorrow's headline. Just to drop in on Apocalypse. I, I'm also on uh, <laughs> Garrett's camp. Uh, we need to go back to the grassroots and then issue a new bull market. I, I, I think these things uh, can be potentially dangerous. Yeah. So more than 
40 million RLB has been burnt since they started the buyback program. It's just an up only number. That is crazy how much how much are like rollbit they're actually burning. It's pretty incredible. Listen, man, people like betting so much. Like if you if you are not familiar with the phenomenon, then maybe you like uh... You don't really care or aware, but people like that stuff so much. They're willing to invest so much of their money and, uh, like, you know, brain power. Just thinking about what a specific uh, match is going to end and why. And uh, it's really, uh, I think it's actually a very uh, strong uh, uh, bridge to onboard uh, new participants into, uh, the eco- into the ecosystem. Both uh, retail uh, investor, but also, uh, like, you know, with time, uh, different institutions. Because they will, uh, the betting industries, the, the betting industry, by the way, has a lot of flaws, the, the Web2 betting in the industry. And the Web3 betting uh, can actually change, like uh, blockchain-based betting can solve so many each issues of uh, custody of funds, which is very problematic uh, in uh, like this whole uh, space, which really, it, it, personally, I think it's, a, it's uh, an industry of trillions of dollars, n- not, not less than that, in my opinion. Yeah, of course. And the betting is like more, it's, it's like more kosher outside the United States. You know, Europe has good betting markets, Asia especially as well, too. So, you know, Rollbit could really find a, a good niche here. Uh, just to take a look at the buyback and burn and put some numbers on that. In one month, we're almost at the beginning of the month. So they started this burn program back on the 10th of August. And we, there's four more days that are going to be happening here before the end of the month. But they've already burned 40 million RLB, which is about $6 million worth. They'll probably get up to a six and a half, maybe even $7 million of burn before the end of this first month is complete. And that's pretty incredible, right? I mean, you're talking about like $90 million, $90 million worth of, of RLB burned in a year at this rate. And the market cap right now, fully diluted market cap is 724 million uh, FTV. It's pretty incredible. So <laughs> like Rollbit's trading at what? Like seven times? seven times earnings <laughs> or seven times revenues is crazy. Uh, or at least seven times the, the buy, the, the uh, buy, buyback. I, I think a non-custodial version of this might take this over, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's all, it's all a centralized thing. I, I, well, that's what stake, that's what stake was as well too. I mean, stake had seen billions of dollars of inflows as well too, you know, over $2 billion worth of inflows into stake.com. That's why that's why yesterday after the the stake.com hack happened uh, the CEO came out and essentially said hey like it's cool we're fine it's a big hit obviously like nobody likes to lose 40 million dollars in a day but they're going to come back and they're already doing they're, they're already like one of the top 5 gambling houses in the world and uh, as long as revenues don't drop and they can continue to grow, that that forty million will be uh, made back in a couple of years, maybe even a year or something. True, and also you have to compare it to what's actually happening at the moment. And at the moment, there are all kinds of uh, like betting platforms which uh, don't actually pay the the, the betters what they earn because uh, they they hold the funds uh, themselves and uh, it's not on chain. So uh, who cares? So it's not about being perfect necessarily. 
it's about uh, improving uh, the existing uh, products and uh, infrastructures. And I do think that personally, I know that uh, some, a lot of people like uh, see betting in a very negative uh, way, betting, gambling, and that kind of stuff. But personally, I think it's something that uh, people like so much and they will do anyway. And uh, honestly, I think it's going to be a very important catalyst to onboard new participants uh, to the ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, betting and gambling is always like core to crypto because it's a highly regulated, very localized operation and service that is being given. And it, it's perfect for crypto, which is global and borderless and is designed to kind of skirt regulations by being decentralized, right? And that's perfect for gambling. So if you can if you can kind of like meld the two and find that middle path where you're like right on the edge of using the technology for what it's good for while still being as regulated as you can be you can end up like these stake people who lose 41 million dollars and say that it's not not that big of a thing. So the co-founder Edward Craven said that the private keys were not compromised and that it was just a hot wallet. I mean who keeps 41 million dollars in a hot wallet? That's that's crazy. <laughs> you see, they, yeah. they got some money, man. They got yeah, some they, money. Yeah. So they there's $41 million in a hot wallet that was stolen. And it was it was from an uh, unauthorized transactions from a service. Maybe it was internal. Sounds like sounds like it was internal, right? Like who would actually have access to this? As a as an early investor in Funfair. I, I, I remember Funfair, right? Like I guys maybe remember that long time ago. I, I, I'm a big fan of on-chain betting algorithms and I thought it would have already much bigger than it is today. But when you see something like Rollbit or Stake, it, these are the centralized parties that are, in my opinion, yeah, they're using crypto to make it more easier for people to get in and out of it. Well, the, the, primary, the sure. primary thing is like, but how do you get cash into your, into your company, right? And if you're using stables in Ether, there's no chargebacks. There's no credit card fraud, which is one of the biggest issues that these gambling houses would would have. So unless you're taking deposits like straight through SEPA or ACH or wire transfer, huge issues with fraud if you're going to have credit cards. So it's it's perfect for it's perfect for gambling houses. But it's still super centralized. But yeah, okay. But it, it will there not be in the long term? I think there will be like a decentralized alternative. And, and I don't want to show any project, but like uh, something like WinR, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not even invested in it because I think it's too early, maybe. Uh, but something like WinR or something like Funfair, yeah, sure. which completely failed. But something like that with like on-chain games. Or sure, like, sure. Like, but it's going to take a while, you it know. Is, it's going to take a while, and uh, it's going to take a lot of awareness. First, people need to like uh, become aware, and I think that's the most important uh, job of uh, these uh, entities who are, uh, you know, have their centralized advan yeah. uh, disadvantages. And I definitely agree with you. There's uh, Rollbit doesn't solve every problem uh, that uh, betting uh, has, and uh, better platforms yeah. should emerge uh, but i think that rollbit is actually doing a great job with uh, currently um, like providing some advantages to their users and i think that their success speaks for this for itself you know like uh, they're really like they're doing amazingly great they're, they're doing something right for sure i just don't trust these uh, casino <laughs> games at all 
I wouldn't lose my money in, 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 in other in other ways. <laughs> and if I go to a legit? casino, I'd rather go to a real one where I can have like free drinks and go. Yeah, legit, stuff legit, me, right? legit. <laughs> okay, let's talk about base. Base has been the darling of summer. Now that we're in fall, we'll see if it can continue its growth. Uh, checking DeFi Llama as of today, there is four hundred million dollars worth of TVL on base, and this is probably about to grow even further as. Yesterday, USDC Circle announced that they have provided native support for the stablecoin on base. Uh, it took a while. I'm surprised it actually took this long. I would have thought that like it would have been there like day one with Coinbase, but whatever. It's only a couple of weeks. So now it's out there. It's actually in curve. There's a couple of curve pools. There's a four pool with like all the different types of USDC on base now. I saw that the yields were pretty good yesterday. Uh, for they that were, but they pool. quickly fell back to earth as kind of arbitrators figured it out, and it right basically brought the prior pool with just three coins into kind of uh, equilibrium with the four pool. And also yesterday, base stopped, <laughs> stopped producing blocks for half an hour. Had to be restarted somehow. Nature abhors a four pool, like it's not four possible pool. to combine four coins into one pool. That's what CZ's been warning about, right? Uh, <laughs> last time we saw this was Do Kwan, and he destroyed all of DeFi as we know it, trying to create a four pool. So exactly. let's just give Don't this do up. Four pools, no, no such thing. <laughs> you remember when Balancer, like, I mean, Balancer was supposed to be providing like four, five, six, seven, eight. You could go all the way up to like eight assets inside of Balancer pools, but that never really took off. I'm guessing it's probably just because like the liquidity fragmentation and slippage in those eight, seven or eight like high number pools is just too high. It's more of like an index fund at that point rather than a, or like a constant constant function index fund rather than a actual AMM uh, that people would need to trade with. It's more for you to like, just keep assets in there that get rebalanced all the time, which is probably- Bal It's just inefficient balancer, balancer pools are, uh, we're now modeling a, a new LSD pool and it's like 50 times more efficient than the balancer pool with the uh, Naga King that he leaked on the stream. <laughs> we're we're going to yeah. put it live probably tomorrow. So that's going to be interesting. See Where, how quick the volume will move. Where is this? On Curve. Uh, oh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, L1. To some degree, any pool is only as uh, strong as it's the weakest coin in that pool. So mm -hmm. I feel like when you get eight pools in there, like you're necessarily limited to like, there's going to be one asset that's holding things back. Exactly, right. And, uh, and also more... what's important to understand with Balancer, it's like a singleton design. Huh? It's like one single pool with all the assets in one contract. It's, uh, yeah. Well, that was the, I think this was like Balancer V1 where they had these like eight, <clears throat> seven and eight pools. And when they switched to the singleton, everything changed. But uh, this is just, I remember when, when Balancer launched, they were trying to push the idea of these like multi, multi coin pools, but it never really took off. But the singleton idea is obviously more efficient and better. And it's what is being used by both Uniswap and Balancer. Um, let's see what else we got. Oh, yeah. Kevin Walkie from Gitcoin or former Gitcoin founder is returning after the controversial DEI and Shell incidents. He announced this yesterday on Twitter where he said that it's time for him to come back. He's excited to come back. And he said that the DAO has made solid strides in decentralizing the technology, expanding the use cases. 
But he thinks that much of the community's criticism of Gitcoin is valid. And so he's coming back to help turn the ship around and help the DAO double down on what's working and figure out if we can abandon what's not. Nice. Yeah. But that's cool. I mean, I would, I would love if Gitcoin could have like a return to primacy moment in Ethereum where everyone in the Ethereum community likes Gitcoin and is not pissed off at them for like random things that they're doing. Either, either that they're not doing enough or doing something else. And hopefully Kevin can come in and help navigate the treacherous, treacherous uh, politics of fundraising. Agreed. I really think that Gitcoin, uh, if it uh, goes back to being like something that is uh, just, uh, you know, doesn't represent, like I, I personally at the moment feel that uh, Gitcoin represents a specific political side and it should uh, represent like no side. Uh, in my opinion, to be honest, uh, it, it should just present uh, represent like infrastructure of supporting uh, builders in a very fair way. I think it's going to be good for them. But I think I think you need a even in these large organizations, there has to be a like a political figurehead, even in a DAO, right? DAO is still a political entity, and if you just let a DAO kind of run around like a hydra with nine heads, they're all going to start eating each other and biting each other's heads off. And it's going to turn into nasty divisions and like really bad politics. But if you have at least one person who is respected by the entire community, uh, then you can help like navigate these situations, especially if that person is thought to be as like clear headed and, and understanding of the wider effects of the decisions that are being made by the DAO. Yeah, what is your uh, guys' viewpoint on uh, sub sub DAOs? Uh, or sorry, like DeFi Pfizer. Maybe you go first. No, no, go ahead, David. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think the solution for that is sub DAOs, right? Like that we uh, delegate or take or vote on certain people in DAOs, and then say, okay, we have uh, educational DAO or we have uh, uh, data science DAO or something like that sure i like i think you can like have these entities exist and have certain people within the organization who are responsible for specific operational outcomes but i think the issue with gitcoin is that after kevin left it was kind of like okay we have like over here, we have our environmentalists. Over here, we have our like DEI people. Here, we have our people who are building ZK. Like Everybody has their own community, and they're all going to do their own individual fundraising. But nobody's really going to think about the like broader image of Gitcoin as a whole when all of these entities are operating in the name of Gitcoin without maybe understanding the 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 effects of, of what they're doing and we you know we see this in you know american politics as well too where like you have your spectrum of politics and there is a you know movement back and forth between uh how people think money should be distributed where public goods should go to and so this is just like a natural evolution of uh the growth of a distributed organization and 
you know, at the end of the day, I mean, he's he really needs to come in and, and run PR to, to get some good faith back. Because like, look, 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 for a what's a different what's another project like Vitalik is not doing programming for Ethereum anymore. You know, he's got his own little special projects that he's working on public goods. But still, he's the face of Ethereum, even though he v probably very rarely is is like digging deep into like EIPs and other stuff. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's there and, and helping and advising. But there's a distributed network of people who are all working on different ideas to increase the uh, efficacy and growth of Ethereum. So uh, having a figurehead is good uh, because it, it gives a like standard of a standard of how one should look at the, the protocol itself rather than having a bunch of individualistic entities running around trying to do better than each other or operating within their own like political bubbles. Yeah. 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 I, th I, th I think DeFi kind of needs to be revised with more active governance and I, I, I don't know how to do it, but I think, uh, if that's solved, then we can get another boom, I guess. Yeah. So is anybody going to create blockchain week? I wish. No, but I'm I going to token 2049. Not the, uh, uh, I'm going there on Saturday. Oh, nice, nice. You'll have to be our, uh, issue some live reports from the scenes because we're, uh, Leviathan News also seeking someone who's going to be at Korea Blockchain Week, uh, which also looks like an amazing event. Yeah. So okay. if you are going and want to help us with updates, please be in touch. Leviathan News is decentralized and looking to yes. bring you the news from a nice community of people who care about this, but none of us can individually put in full time to do it. I'm also going to hack in the Singapore. Hey, guys, the best thing to do at a at a bear market is going to hackathons. Then you find uh, always interesting people, and it's always nice to to just sit down and, and work with a bunch of motivated crypto people. So I, I, I will be there on Saturday. And then after that, at Token 2049. Uh, I've never been there to that conference, so I'm curious. So the what are some of the stuff that are going to be uh, presented there, do you know? And we're at Token, 40, token 2049? Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, all the blockchain. Uh, week, like uh, yeah, 2049, if you take a look at the lineup, it's it's pretty packed and most of the people that I know are making the trip out there for it. It's going to be a good, it's going to be a good one. Probably the best wow. and biggest event. We should find, uh, we should... Yeah, we should use we should our find huge... ways to cure, to uh, get some uh, people from there. Yeah, we should use our huge marketing budget to uh, fly everyone out, stay in a five-star <laughs> hotel and Eat caviar all day. Well, it's it's a bit crazy. The price is the most expensive city in the world. Uh, I'm we're staying at a cheap hotel, but it's still three hundred dollars a night. It's yeah, like crazy wow. because now it's also uh, like uh, Formula F1. One and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's insane. Speaking of that, we have this nice little QR code donation thing in the top left up here. Uh, you can send in some ETH or anything else, really anything, to our Arbitrum address that exists here through the QR code. 
Uh, we do have an ENS that we are setting up and we'll get up shortly. And we're working on a GIB2 as well. So, but you can use the QR code for now. And maybe you want to send us one of these new Binance stables. Speaking of Hydras, Binance shut down BUSD this past spring after the DOJ investigation into it showed that it wasn't all very by the book. And Paxos got a nice stern warning not to work with Binance again. Binance had to stop issuance of BUSD. And Binance switched to TUSD for a short period of time. And now they've switched to FDUSD as their primary stablecoin that the exchange is going to be working with. And the market cap of FDUSD has grown 51% to $394 million over the last 30 days as more and more funds flow out of BUSD into FDUSD. Don't know what's going on with Binance, uh, but it's you know it's kind of like interesting to watch from the perspective. I've been watching, of course, Curve USD, which is only having to tap into the dwindling wealth on chain. Uh, Binance is huge, and like they can just kind of like point their money gun at some direction, and uh, instantly like they've already doubled, quadrupled the Curve USD market cap just overnight. Hey, can we talk about CryptoVestor? So thank you, CryptoVestor, for tuning in. Already has some alpha up that Dio was talking about, saying LSD pool 50 times more efficient than balancer pools coming tomorrow on Curve for Leviathan News. <laughs> dropping, dropping that alpha, Dio. <laughs> oh, that uh, spreads very fast. Uh, awesome. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> It's just more a point that uh, the balance, yeah, uh, yeah. Some pools are more efficient than other pools, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so we have some pressure on Naga King uh, right there, uh, like. Uh, but we're still doing a lot of calculations, uh, and it also points out that getting the those calculations right, like the A factor, the gamma, and everything like that, it's it's a little bit harder than you might think. But we're getting there. Uh, and I'm planning to make a video about it to release and explain how to create a pool and how to calculate how do you calculate the correct parameters. It's uh, quite a task, uh, but luckily we have a lot. There's a couple of open source scripts that you can use to calculate those those, those scripts. So uh, we were we are going to I'm going to uh, do a walkthrough on how to, how to create pools and how to create these parameters and what they mean and why they're if you calculate them correctly, why they can be much more efficient than uh, uh, standard balancer pools or Uniswap V2 pools or even Uniswap V3 pools. Mm -hmm. Well, this is going to wrap it up for today. I don't have anything else unless you guys do. It's uh, good to have you on, Dio, as always. Cheers. Thank you, guys. It was a Definitely. pleasure. Yeah. You too, Garrett, DeFi Advisor, always a pleasure. And everybody tuning on at home, thank you for the comments. And uh, make sure to come and subscribe to us. We watch those numbers. That's what we talk about every day. And you can follow us on Twitter, where Garrett is constantly mm -hmm. updating the, with the freshest headlines. And if you really want the freshest headlines, come to our Telegram, where we pump out fat news. Every single day. We have, uh, 
We have figured out how to get the uh, Telegram uh, to post to X a bit more responsibly now, too. So uh, t- Twitter, not the worst choice anymore. <laughs> well, we still, we'll see you again tomorrow, Squids and Squidettes, and have a good day. Have a good day, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Goodbye, folks.